The new jobs report shows wages are moving at a surprising rate, plus are tighter regulations on the way after three banks collapsed earlier this year, and used car prices do something we haven't seen since the beginning of the pandemic. Your market moment starts now. Guys, this is Matt here with Eli and Lee. How we doing? Good. Great. Good weekend. Yeah. Celebrated the fourth last week. We actually took a week off from the podcast, so it's been two whole weeks since we've done a podcast. We don't take very many weeks off. We don't. Um, but Independence Day is a big day we're, around we're here. Like, so. We're kind of like the postman. Rain, yeah. sleet, snow or shine. We're doing podcasts. We're showing up. Yeah. Independence Day was a good day. We all got together at the Mackey's house, had a little party. It's a good mm-hmm. time. So, Shot some fireworks. And the fireworks just kept going and, they and did, going. Didn't they? they were awesome. It yeah. was a good time. Mm-hmm. It was a good week last week. Good weather's cooled off, so a little bit. It's been a good couple days. Um, so, as we're looking at the jobs report, um, the recent jobs report uh, kept expectations high that the Fed will raise rates once again this month. Two hundred nine thousand jobs added in June fell short of estimates for of two hundred forty thousand, but wages grew at four point four percent for the year. Fed meeting at the end of this month, uh, July twenty fifth and twenty sixth. And the CPI report is due later this week. So, guys, if we go back to the last Fed meeting, you know, Jerome, Chairman Jerome Powell kind of came out and said, hey, we're, we're pausing, we're skipping, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But there's a good chance we're going to re- hike rates again maybe a couple times later this year. The data came out. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on what's going to happen the next after the next meeting or two? You know, I'll go first because I think I was the one that – was kind of saying that if they paused, they're they not probably gonna, they're not going to raise yeah. rates. Mm-hmm. You know, I that didn't age well. They didn't age well. <laughs> yeah, I think so that was too soon. <laughs> too soon. Um, you know, they don't need much ammo to continue with their tightening, and they've got all the ammo they need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one is I think one hundred percent baked into the numbers now. I mean, something would drastically happen to ha- have to happen over the next two and a half weeks to get them to not mm-hmm. um you know after that i think the next one then is in september mm-hmm. um but you know i think the cpi report's going to come out and show that inflation's still running a lot harder than they want it to you know the the employment numbers i mean it, it's kind of a two-edged sword on one hand i think that the employment numbers remaining so strong will will be what keeps us from dipping into a pretty se- severe recession but at the same time, I think the strong <laughs> employment numbers are what are going to continue the Fed mm-hmm. saying, listen, we, we still don't have a handle on, on inflation. And so they're, I mean, they're going to, I think, tighten at least one more time. I mean, mm-hmm. he can't, he's kind of, so Powell's getting to the point he's going to be talking out of both sides of his mouth a little bit because he's saying that relation to jobs and the market's still tight. But he's also saying we haven't, we haven't felt the full implications of previous rate hikes mm-hmm. yet like we're still waiting to feel that mm-hmm. and so like which one is true if we haven't felt it yet like do you wait to feel it before you make a decision on to you know hike rates further or you, you know i agree and i think that his philo- his mentality is probably well if we truly wait you know it could be three too or four months, it could be too late yeah. mm-hmm. and so I, I that's why i think that it's a foregone conclusion that there's another 25 basis points here in two and a half weeks and and then we will have a nice break and you know and, and then in september <laughs> built into the schedule not, not yeah. On wood. Yeah. yeah it's just you know inflation is pretty pesky i mm-hmm. mean it's you know when when you hear that inflation is coming down 
it's, it still means that inflation is increasing, mm-hmm. yeah, just you know, at a, at, at a, a lower rate. Right. So I would be interested to be in the room with all of the Federal Reserve chairs to see if, if what they're saying is the same as what the rest of us are saying. We're all, I would think, just I can say this for everyone, we're all pretty ex- uh, surprised by how strong the economy has been throughout this year. Most people were expecting a recession mid to late mm-hmm. 2023 last year. Now we're all saying mid to late 2024. Yeah. Everyone has been pretty surprised. I don't know if the Federal Reserve has been as surprised as we have, but I would be really interested to know if they're as surprised or if they're expecting to stay surprised moving into 2024. You know, I think they've got to be somewhat surprised because at the beginning of 22, mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of factored in maybe four or five, 25 basis point rate hikes, and then that would be it. I mean, nobody ever thought that we would see, you know, four to 500 mm-hmm. worth of basis points of, of rate hikes. So, you know, he's he's in a tough position. Um, you know, whether or not we feel it here in Northwest Arkansas remains to be seen. But, um, I mean, we still got a pretty hot economy. But yeah. things are expensive. I mean, you can't. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. from plane tickets to your grocery bill to... Eating out. E- just... Housing market stayed strong. I mean, prices have stayed flat, you know, if not increased a little bit in certain <laughs> and, areas. And with, so. with 7% interest rates. Yeah. yeah. So it's... You know, I talked to a, a mortgage banker at, actually at the fireworks show um, last uh, Monday night, and he said that, you know, he's not doing any refis, mm-hmm. but he said the new business market is strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still as busy as he wants to be with regard to, yeah. you know, mortgage financing. And, and if you're if you're not a, a high, if you don't have a high credit score, you're in the eights now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's getting expensive. <laughs> that, yeah, that makes a big difference. So this next segment we're calling... Make banking great again. I love it. <laughs> Do you have a hat? No, we, I should have. I should have had a red hat. The Federal Reserve's top regulatory official believes stiffer requirements are needed after several bank failures earlier this year. So Michael Barr um, had, was going through a nine-month review that started well before SVB and Signature Bank um, and First Republic collapsed. But Barr wants to strengthen the capital requirements for, you know, I guess you could call them larger banks, banks yeah. of o- over a hundred billion in assets. Um, this would be phased in, not considering this a complete overhaul, but building on the framework that's already there. He's proposing the requirements um, to require banks to account for unrealized losses and gains when they're calculating their available for sale securities. So that's what we kind of saw, right? We saw an issue with it, and not kind of. We mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it brought definitely it, saw yeah, yeah. happen earlier this year with the mm-hmm. rising rates and you know unrealized losses on you know, a lot of positions that were held by banks out there and uh, banks that didn't manage that well, it kind of caught up to them. So thoughts on this from a regulation stand? You know, I'm, I'll start. I, I'm never a fan of more regulation. I, can, I think I can honestly say, like, never a fan. However, the banking industry is, is unique in the fact that it is um, our economy and sure. the consumer is so dependent on a strong, stable banking sector mm-hmm. um so you know we we do need some stability and certainty that's that's built into the banking industry and if that has to come in the form of you know certain regulations i guess so be it um so i'm a little indifferent on this i definitely don't want to have what happened earlier this year to happen again um so you know i thoughts? agree i i'm just you know anytime you hear the word more regulations you you know you cringe mm-hmm. um to me this one's more of a Okay, they already have the information. They already have the figures. 
you just need to report them. They just have to, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, th- I think if we have to add more, this is probably a decent one. You know, it affects so few banks. Um, you know, this one, you know, I always hate the knee-jerk reaction when something goes wrong or there is some specific event. You know, sometimes government's initial reaction is, or their quick reaction is, we need more regulation. Right, yeah. Government's going to fix it. Well, you know, that's not always the case and mm-hmm. not always the best solution. But in this case, you know, I feel like it might, there might be some benefit to it. This could, and I don't mean that it, it will, but it certainly could add to the problem that we've talked about in many podcasts previous, talking about the decrease in money supply that's going on at a, at a broad scale. If we start regulating significantly important banks to a further extent, yeah. that could even more so hurt the overall money supply that we have out in the market. Well, I think, I mean, government, right, any any sovereign nation with a government throughout the world history, the government's only gotten bigger in time. Right. I mean, I'm not a historian, but I, I think that's true. It sounds right. And so, <laughs> you know, I hope it's many, 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 many decades before we ever end up with, like, a national bank. But, like, we have much closer to one now than we did 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so... You, you kind of that's where that's where we're headed long 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 term probably is not necessarily a national bank but just a lot of consolidation at the top right that's very mm-hmm. intertwined with politics and government and it already is to to this today to some mm-hmm. degree and so um, you know I I think there's a, there's a lot of argument from an investment perspective whether that's a good or bad but you know can you invest in banks or banks going to be the new like um, um, my, my mind just went blank. The new uh, um, audience <laughs> participation now. <laughs> We're going to have to cut this part out. Phone um, a friend. Phone a friend. No, what is it? The new... Uh, utilities? Utilities. There we go. Thank you. We have a winner. Utilities. Okay. So cut, cut out, out the about last 12 minutes. Three minutes there. Okay. All right. So there's been some thought on, you know, are banks going to become like the new kind of utilities stock right there's not a ton of growth they're there they're very big part of the economy but they're just kind of slowly chipping away right Mm -hmm. right so um makes sense to me i'm not saying we're there yet but if you go down the path of more and more regulation that's what's ultimately going to happen well and you and you generally hear it again after some sort of crisis you know and you know two or three years from now we'll have another one and there will be a little bit more of that cinching up and the government you know gaining a little bit more oversight then, like you said, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Right. But with each crisis or significant issue, it seems like we inch our way towards that. I also think with each new regulation, it puts more and more people towards larger banks. More and more people want to put their money. Oh, sure. Banking is just trust. If if people are going to put their money with an institution, most of that, yes, sure, a nice app is fine. But all banks now have good processes to where it's it's an easy user interface well this just pushes more and more people to larger banks because they know hey there's more regulation on these banks yeah a a small regional bank that has 600 million in assets has significantly less uh, restrictions so they could take more risk with my money than a larger bank so i'm going to put my money with with bigger banks i and i'm not a big fan of that I would prefer that more people use small and, and regional-sized mm-hmm. banks because they're competitive. They, they have to be competitive. Well, something you said, Matt, at the beginning, you know, I think perception is a lot, a lot of this, you know, whereas, you know, they could probably, you know, get the same result by doing things a different way. 
But I think, you know, you, you mentioned in your when you were talking about it at the beginning that banks have, so, have become such an important part of society mm-hmm. that the perception of there being a problem can create panic. Oh, sure. You know, you know, SVP, SVB failed earlier. You know, there was no banking crisis. I mean, we were not even close to one, but the perception was, oh, my word. This could turn into one. Absolutely. Because if, if people freak out. Yeah. And so know. I think that, you know, addressing the perception, because banks have become such a integral part of mm-hmm. our daily lives, probably merits some sort of stepping in. Yeah. Yep. All right. So moving on to used car prices. So used cars have just been crazy for the last three or four years. If you could find one. Finally, yeah. yeah. If you could find one and we're willing to pay a lot for it, then you got a used car. But we're finally starting to see some declines. Um, used car prices fell 4.2% from May to June, largest decline since the beginning of the pandemic in the third consecutive month. Cox Automotive, who did this report, says decline was led by rising availability of new vehicles as well as high interest rates. So we won't spend too much time here, but um, it's a good sign, right? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people have been waiting, and you know, I know cli- I've we have clients who have um, kind of been waiting and hoping that used cars prices fell, vehicles prices fell, mm-hmm. so they could go out and buy something. And um, any well, thoughts? Used cars have actually been one of the largest, or one of the items that's continued to push inflation higher because used car prices have mm-hmm. been going up so rapidly. So I'm I'm really encouraged by this. I think. Primarily, this is caused by two things. One is people aren't renewing their leases because there's typically a buyout, and right mm-hmm. now the, most of those buyouts are less than their yeah. their initial uh, if they were to go and buy another one. And then second is, for example, my wife and I we went to look for a new car for her. This was a year and a half ago, and the used cars were equal value than the new car. New car. New car. Yeah. So you you just well, that's not sustainable. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so this is one of those things, these pandemic-related events that seems to be slowly unwinding, um, which is definitely good. You know, you kind of forget, you know, you get reminded of things that we experienced during COVID. You kind of forget about it until you remember driving by car lots and they were empty, you know, and you couldn't find a used car to save your life because we were looking for one of our kids a, a used car during that time and... I mean, prices, you know, a lot of times you'll see, like, it's 1500 below MSRP. It was, like, mm-hmm. 3000 above MSRP. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you a saw A bidding it. war on yeah. a Ford Explorer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was pretty wild. So one, one very sidebar that I thought was a hilarious statistic, when I was doing research for this, the profit margins from used car dealerships, 6 to 8% comes from the car. Okay? 40 to 60% comes from ancillary products, oh, yeah. which is warranties, insurances, finances, 40 to 60% of their margins. So they're not used car dealerships. They're just a product dealership (laughs) on top of the car. Yep. So learning a lot about this, this was interesting after the FTX fallout. So Tom Brady was back in the news, as he often is. Um, And we learned that Tom Brady lost $30 million in shares he received for services promoting the company. So this is the cryptocurrency exchange, FTX. Um, he is also one of numerous defendants named in the lawsuit filed by FTX customers and um, Gazelle. Is that how you name? I think Gazelle, it's Gazelle. 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 Bunchen. Bunchen. Something. Oh yeah. We're received, sorry. So this We're is, so sorry, this Gazelle. Is Tom Brady's. I'm pretty sure she's not listening. <laughs> this is Tom Brady's ex-wife. She received 18 million in stock. That's now, I guess, worthless yeah. and is also being sued. So. Any, I feel like there's a life lesson here. I don't know. Well, one, I don't think they're going hungry. 
Yeah. No, I think they're um, good. Didn't he just sign a $450 million? Dollar, yeah, pro, um, broadcasting. Broadcast, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's You know, you could kind of say, well, you know, the money he lost was never really money he had. I mean, he got shares of a company mm-hmm. that, you know, I think everybody could have known was yeah. pretty worthless or, you know, sketchy value. I mean, just goes to show you to diversify. Well, and it's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just because something has a – um, looks pretty and is shiny or has a big name behind it doesn't mean it's yeah. legitimate, right? Yeah. And so this is a good example. I had a lot of big people, big money behind it, and it went belly up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a so. lot of entertainers, athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got this is a just, lot. It's a great example of the people who are advertising for these products. One, they probably don't work for any of these companies, right. nor are they investing. They're just getting compensated. Mm-hmm. by these companies, just like Tom Brady. I'm yeah. sure he wouldn't have had those shares if he wasn't compensated right. Right. with those shares. Right. Yeah, so good story. I'm sure it won't be the last time we hear FTX in the news. Probably not. But um, it has been a while, so that's a good one to touch on. Guys, any parting thoughts? No, another S- week? Summer's kind of, it's not like winding down, but we're on the back half of it, I guess, now. Yeah. And school we're is like next month. right around when you can When you can say school begins in... Four or five weeks, you know, I've got teachers in the family, and they don't like <laughs> to bring up the school word. I mean, I think, it's, a, I think principals go back like next week yeah, around yeah. here, mm-hmm. which is wild. Yeah, they get they get started in I mean first part of August. But that also means that s- sports that you want to watch they're yeah, are exactly. starting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no more cornhole on ESPN, and <laughs> you know, I've watched more <laughs> bowling. Hey guys, I've watched more NBA summer league. This weekend than I have in the rest Summer's of my a life. Grind when it Only comes because to you know they got a bunch of Arkansas guys yeah. playing in the NBA. So we were watching yeah, you know, Jordan Smith Black bit, yeah. and Smith and all those guys. You know, experience NBA life for the first time. So good for them. But yes, I'm re- I'm ready for football. As so, I mean, as much as I love summer, being a a duck hunter and fall. a college football guy, I mean, fall is the best time of year. So it's pretty nice. I was but we'll we'll enjoy it. the summer. We'll eat it out as much as we can. We still have a few vacations. Between now and and the official start of fall to mm-hmm. begin. So. Yeah. Well, as always, we want to end with a thought of the day. This one's from Theodore Roosevelt. So I actually do know who this guy is, yeah. um, unlike some of the other thoughts of the day. He said, the only man who never makes mistakes is the man who never does anything. So go ahead and do something. I, I, I Make get, something I better, happen. better leave here and go do something. I'm yeah. just laughing at the subtitle. Yeah, Hager he was a U.S. Know. president, yeah. Matt. <laughs> yeah, I Matt Hager's calling me out a little bit. Matt, Matt knew who – Matt, our Matt, knew who he was. I, mm-hmm. I recognized the name that yes. time. So, well, as always, we appreciate you guys listening and watching the podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time. that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed.
Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-1financial.com disclosures.